0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Megan's Old Office. My name is J.D. Gorlat. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in lovely Omaha, Nebraska. I'm joined once again by my good friend and colleague, Pastor Keith. Keith Holmes, what do you do around here? What? I'm the
1: director of small groups and missions activities, uh... That is a job in and
0: of itself. So that's why you clean out the trash cans. Right, great, right. thank I wrangle you. Wrangle the cats. then wrangle cats. Uh, he does direct uh, missions in small groups, and he does a great job of that. And and if you've been with us from Megan's old office, it's uh, it's he and I and our engineer Jonathan Mueller. Uh, talking about Scripture. Man, we just got done with a whole study of the book of Acts. We, it, it, we uh, encourage you to check that out mm-hmm. at your leisure. And since we did the book of Acts, if you know anything about the New Testament, it would only be right and natural of us having completed the book of Acts to move on to the book of Romans. Well it is next. It is next it in the Bible. Next. So we thought we would do we'd follow the Bible and that is what we're doing. Today, ladies and gentlemen we open our study of the book of Romans. So get your Bibles out to Romans chapter one. We are going to work today through the first 17 verses or that is our intention. <laughs> We may not get that far. We'll see how we do. Thank you for joining us. Uh, so check out Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. Keith, and all of you listening, I would like to know something, Keith. Hmm. How has God changed how you think about yourself? Wow. I'm under the assumption that he has. Yes, yes. How yes, has he, he changed has. the way you think about yourself? So to
1: the, the easy or the short answer is never easy because it hurts to say it out loud, but the, the short answer is... He's he's taught me I'm not the most important thing in the universe. Hmm. Um, I I tell the story that when I was in college, we were doing some we were doing some theater, and it, we were doing theater in another building. So we were in a van going to that building. And I passed by a, a block of apartment buildings, one of these large blocks. And so I looked over and I went, oh, how can they live with themselves such puny little lives? Mm. And, and you know, they're unknowns. And I'm headed to New York. I'm headed to L.A. I'm going to be a big star. And he got a hold of me after college and he said, no, Keith, you're not. And You're, you're not, not
0: going to be a star. You're not
1: going to be a star. You're going to be... You're gonna be a pastor in in Omaha, Nebraska, and and a church in Midtown, Omaha. And I'm like... Had had I had he really said those words to me then I would have gone. You're crazy, God. So
0: he didn't really tell you that much. No, but it became that he told well, you yes, something as, this far, and then he told you even more as you went. Right? I just
1: I just knew you know I, that's what I was going to do when I was in my twenties, and then I met my wife, and and she got me going back to church, and I realized that that's not what I wanted. I mean, he really changed my attitude toward. My fame and my glory, and really pointed me to His glory right. and w- in making Him famous. Yeah.
0: How about you? Well, for me, uh, uh, how He has changed how I think about myself. Uh, he He showed me right uh, from a, a certain age, about when I was in college, and then continuing on. He showed me that He exists, ah. and just the fact. I want everybody, you know, for me. I want and, and everybody out there. I just want you to think about how much, how effective, how, how profound it is that God exists. And as you ponder the fact that, he, that God exists, uh, then that changes your perspective of yourself. Because if God exists, and God is God, then all of a sudden I start, or I, I, all of a sudden and, you know, progressively, I start to realize, similar to what you said, I'm not God. Uh, right. and that's one of the problems that human beings have whether they admit it or not or are aware of it or not is this is this assumption that they are God and the more you realize that God exists and that God is God then the less you the, the more challenged that assumption about yourself is mm-hmm. and then the better perspective the more honest perspective that you have I'm not God mm-hmm. I'm a human being and I uh, he he is these is all of these things that I am not, and he has these rights that I do not have. He has these freedoms that I do not have, yep. and so now all of a sudden, because I start to learn who he is, then I also start to learn who I am, and and get a better, more more honest humble perspective right. and, and in one way and maybe for the same thing in one way i feel like oh my gosh i'm, I'm dying i'm dying i'm i'm melting i'm melting to quote the, the the witch from the, but i'm being found in that i'm being found right. in a more truer i'm being disillusioned which is always painful
1: it's very painful
0: but it's also always good to get rid of the illusion and uh, of that that i'm god and and uh uh, that but when I realize that God exists and when I realize the qualities of God and the character of God, then then I start to be found in in, in that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Because you know? I, I was
1: going to say it's it's both difficult and at the same time there's a sense of relief, right? Uh, because I don't have to be God anymore. Right. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to. I don't have to be the strongest. I don't have to be the fastest. I don't right. have to be the smartest. God is right, and therefore. Yeah. I'm okay.
0: And it's almost like that, that with that realization, that spiritual cramp that starts to release itself. Right, and and right. you don't even realize you're in that cramp where right. you're like, I have to be, I have to be all these things. Right. And uh, it's hard. It, uh, it's hard. And it's, I'm not done. I'm still learning <laughs> that. No, I, I mean, seriously. But I, I, neither am I. What,
1: I laugh because it's so true of me too. It's like, I, I'm still a work in progress.
0: Well, I mean, it's something you learn in an instant, but right. then it's also something you have to continue to learn. It's not either or. It's well, both of those, I, and that's what—that's
1: another point I was thinking as you were telling that story. It's like because so often I fall back mm-hmm. into those patterns of I'm going to be great uh, in and of myself, right. and then it's like. No, I got to pull back from that. I got to make sure I'm not I'm, I'm humble. I've got to make myself humble. I've got to do those things. Otherwise, my ego goes unchecked and it's crazy.
0: And that's that's you being trying to be God or me right. trying to be exactly. God or living under the assumption that we are or have to be God and that's right. just death. That's just death. So with that, we get into the book of Romans. We're going to read the first 7 verses of uh, chapter 1 here. Keith uh, is going to read. What do you What do you want us to be thinking about as you read these seven verses? Yeah, just, I want you to, because it's the introduction, and I want you to kind
1: of think to yourself, who is Paul, and what is he not? Yeah. That's really, I mean, because... So often we can say what he is, right? Everybody, I mean... Anyone, Especially now yeah. that
0: we've read the book of Acts. We right. know a lot about... If we you know, check
1: out our Acts study, you know a lot about Paul by this true. point. right? That's true. So, Paul, yes. You know. And so, so now, so we know who he is and what he is, but what is he not as you, okay. as you hear me read these? And if you're reading along, that's great. It's Romans chapter 1, verse 1 through 7. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, the gospel concerning his Son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be Son of God, with power according to the Spirit, of holiness by resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we received grace and apostleship, to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, including yourselves, who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all God's beloved in Rome, who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: I just gotta laugh because uh, this is classic Paul. It, what what you just read, Keith, is is an open opening salutation, which he does in many most of his letters. Right. Yep. Uh, in you know, just sending love out to the recipients. That's how he begins. And one of the things that I have to laugh about is you read seven verses and there's only one period. It's is there one I was just gonna say, I thought the, it was an the, entire the period, sentence. The, the, it is, it's one entire sentence. It's not a very good sentence, I don't think grammatically. Yes. I mean it's just it's classic Paul's like oh and there's this and and then there's this maybe I'll throw in a comma and and I'm going to make all these profound thoughts and he never puts a period in until the very end it's just one big flying uh, statement and I
1: noticed it as I'm reading I'm like this is just one sentence. It's just one
0: big sentence. And, and if you read the Ulysses uh, by James Joyce, I think the last 58 pages are all one sentence. Right. It's just this obnoxious Stream of thing. consciousness. Right, with no periods at all. Kind of the same kind of thing here. So uh, who is uh, Paul and what is he not? Um, yeah. I, I want to, that was your opening question. He starts with Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set p- apart for the gospel of God. Uh He's announcing his title, he's announcing who he is to his audience, but more than that, he's making a statement about who he is now, and if we know Paul, we know that he wasn't any of these things at what point? At one point. He says, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Before that, he was an enemy of all of these things. Right. Uh, before that, he was completely and totally convinced and clear of who he was and what he was going to be, very similar to the, the testimonies that you and I gave at the beginning of this, and now he wants the world to know in writing, I'm none of what I was before. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. This is my identity. Uh, I'm a servant of the gospel. I was, I and the gospel were set aside for this purpose. And I wonder to myself as I read those words, how much of that do I have? Just, we've already given these testimonies with with our opening question, and our listeners are are asking themselves, or they should be, you know, how has the gospel, how has God changed what you think about yourself? Paul opens with, by the way, these he, words describing himself, but what he's really saying is, hey, everybody, God has completely and totally changed my perspective of myself. The pattern that I was on, the path that I was on, and now I'm on this. I'm a servant of, of Jesus Christ. Sure. That gets my attention and causes me to question How much have I adopted? How much have I bought in To that identity, myself. Do
1: you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, you know, we we here at Megan's old office love to draw you into the story, listener, and ourselves too, really. So, yeah, that's the question: How much are you like Paul? How are? What are you not anymore? If you if you have trusted Christ as your savior, as He has done, right? Are you a servant now? Because servant, I mean, is often is often synonymous with slave in the Bible. I don't know It's the same word. It's It's the
0: same Greek word is translated doulos in. in Greek and and it's it's translated servant or it's translated slave and, and so Yes, they. There's a sense there. There's
1: a sense there that you get from that word "doulos," which you know in in English, servant isn't near the connotation as slave,
0: right? Particularly in America, where where we in in, slavery is a terrible thing. We're not saying that, Uh, yes, (laughs) uh, by any means, but it's 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 a good challenge for us to question if I were to be called, if the greatest thing that I could be would be to be a servant. Mm-hmm. of God, in this case, a servant right. of Jesus Christ. Right. If my calling, if, if God laid upon me, Keith, JD, what I want you to be is my slave, how would we react to God saying... Ooh. I, I want w- you to be
1: this. Just even you saying it in a question, my hackles go up. I'm not going to be anybody's slave. Why? Why well, do
0: your hackles go up? Because no, I, I'm, I'm... Well, okay. Defend because, because, thyself. Yes. I mean, I agree with I am, you I'm the same right, way, but like, I want to hear.
1: Well, because I'm an American, I'm human, I'm. I'm. we are not slaves, we are not meant to be, all men are created equal, and I know our history is right, full right. of We're that. Not We're not about talking that. about that. We're
0: talking about being a slave to God. To,
1: and, and so... Again we come back to that point that that we think we're God and we want to be our own God. Right. But we're not and right. every time God tells us or asks us to be his slave, we have to admit we're not God and submit. And right. that just
0: tears at a person's fabric. Is it true is it the truth that being a doorkeeper in the house of God is Better than you could anything you could be anywhere. Do we really have that right. have that reaction? I mean, when 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 somebody comes to you and says, "Yeah, you've tried out for the play. You tried out for the part of Hamlet, but uh, you know we're going to give it to this other person. And by the way, you're going to not only you're not going to be in the play. You're going to be a servant of everybody. You're right. going to be on the stage crew, or you're going right. to take tickets or park cars." I mean, do, how do we react to that? Do we react to that with the joy of simply being a part of the team, or do we react with, you know, with I complete, quit. Right. I, yeah. Exactly. I'm, yeah. Here's the question that 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 we have as Christians is: if God comes to us and says uh, and says, "Okay, uh, you're my servant, and this is how." Uh, I want you to serve. Do do we embrace that? Do we embrace our cross? Paul has here. I am a servant. I'm going to go unto death, unto anything he calls me to
1: do. and, And, you know, when Paul or Saul, you know, during that conversion process, there was the whole having to let go of the fact that he, and he talks about it himself in one of his letters, he was a Jew's Jew, yeah. and how Gentiles to him would have been some of the lowest form of life on the planet, and yet here he is now, a servant of God, Christ, and having to teach the gospel to them, giving them the good news, right? You know, he he really did have to re-identify himself in that and so didn't do he? we. Yes. That is
0: not unique to Paul. That is a, a true part of all of our existence. And there's there's salvation and there's sanctification. Right. There's us being forgiven of our sins which happened before the beginning of time, but there is in Christ Jesus, but there is and and is complete. It is not partial. Right, it and we can't
1: earn it. We, we can't we don't earn it. Can't lose work it. Work through it, it. It is
0: completely in God. But then, then sanctification is this process of becoming, you know, a Christian, and it, we're not done in that. And this is very much what we're talking about here. It has to do with accepting the identity and the calling that God has for us. Um, and, and and that is always, always something that is contrary to how we would design it, not yep. sometimes. Yep. God doesn't come along and say, you know, Keith, that whole plan that you have and that, uh, for your life and that whole image that you have of yourself, God doesn't come along and say, you've got that perfect all on your own. He always says, no, I got, I got some other st- uh, yeah. uh, other things to do. Uh, to, alter that identity and that path. Yeah. Are you going to go kicking and screaming into that good night or Boy. are you going to say, "No, God, it is it, you know what? It is an honor simply to be counted with you, to be your servant, to be a, if you want me to be a doorkeeper right in your house. I, I'm down for that and I'm excited yep. about the opportunity." That's it. How many of us have that attitude? Zero, I, you know.
1: I'm none, right? I mean, well, sometimes and it it ebbs and flows. I'm going to be I'm going to be the Pollyanna here. and Say it ebbs and flows. Some of us, at some point, say, "Yes, God, I'm in. I'm gonna go." I mean, I've got brothers. I got a brother that's a missionary in Peru. Uh, his his wife is a missionary in Peru. That, that you know, they went. They were called and they went. Yeah. And so they were following God's plan, right? You know. But at other times, you know, it ebbs, it flows. It you know, then there's no. I don't want to do this. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Yes, I do. Right. And so. You just get that you get that roller coaster right. How much easier would it be if we just went along with it and and gave up our gave up right our, ourselves into that? Right. I mean, Paul makes it look easy, right? As we no. read this, as we read his yeah. letters, as we look at Acts, he just he fell down on the ground, blinded three days, Damn. got up. Ananias shows up. And he just hits the road running. I wish, I really do wish there had been a moment there when Paul was like, I can't do this. I need to, ah. Uh, uh.
0: Yeah, but see, I bet there was. Oh, I, you know, there I, has to have been, right? Know, I mean, if I'm writing the story of my life with Christianity, I'm going to leave whole chunks <laughs> out that, that were that were really rough that I don't want to, you know. But, you know, so I, I think he he had those moments where he... He he didn't like being a servant. He didn't like setting aside his his uh, sovereignty, if you will, and right. his identity, and, and uh, that he had preconceived for himself. He was, he was a big man. Oh my gosh, he was a genius, a, really? a theological genius, and, and the the intellect that this man had is was off the charts, and and uh, one of the great great geniuses of all time. Strong and successful, a great leader, all this kind of stuff, and he, he and he's humbling himself. Into the image that Christ has for him rather than, and that ha, than he had for himself. This is mm-hmm. a constant struggle, I'm sure, for Paul and for all of us. I'm gonna, so now we're going to lead into the next few verses, uh, chapter, uh, chapter one, verses eight through 17. Let's just paraphrase this a bit, and okay. and uh, uh, you know, I want to open this with this passage that we're, I want you to look at this, eight through 17. We're gonna get into it. This passage here, these, these verses changed the life. Of the great reformer Martin Luther in Germany in the uh, 16th century. This is what turned, uh, was the tipping point for Martin Luther. This is Mm -hmm. the verse that caused him. To completely changed his perspective of himself and of God and led to him nailing the thesis, 95 thesis on the door of the church of Wittenberg and the whole bit. Th- this was the turning point of his entire life. And so I encourage you to read verses 8 through 17. I want to start with, w- with verses 11 through 13 here, I'll, uh, and I'll reference them. And Keith, I'm going to do this in the context of why does Paul want to come to Rome? Uh, it says, For I am long. He's writing to his friends in Rome that he doesn't really even know, he just knows of them. And he says, mm-hmm. For I am I am longing to see you. Why does he want to come to Rome? I am longing to see you, says, uh, so that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, or rather so that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you as I have among the rest of the Gentiles. Uh, this is interesting. He wants community. This right. is right in your wheelhouse. How oh, yeah. about a community? He, he's saying, I want to come to Rome. I don't really know. I've, I've not seen what you're doing, uh, the church that you're building. I don't even know some of you. He may not know any of them. Right. And he wants to come to them so what? To what do you see here? I, I see him wanting to just be around other people and share gifts. This is a very interesting story for a guy who's the director of community groups, right? And, you know, right. The, this is a fantastic stuff, isn't it? I
1: mean, this follows right on with his his whole attitude and acts, and and watching the church grow, like we talked about. It just, it's just he wants to be with them, and I love personally, I love why. He wants to be with them. Mm-hmm. And that's because he wants to he wants to reap a harvest. Yes. And 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 it isn't that he's going out into a field and, and chopping down wheat or, or right. grains or anything. He's going in to, to see who has believed in Christ and how many people can come to Christ. And again, I don't think he's ever I, you know, because this is the problem with a lot of us, is that we we kind of like, hey, look what I did. I brought a person to Christ. That's not it. You didn't have anything to do with it. You talked about this earlier. Before the foundations of the universe were laid, God knew right. you were going to be saved. God designed it. It designed Exactly. Right. It was his design. So Paul is saying, I just want to see who gets saved... Because that's exciting to me. Right, to see
0: the work of God.
1: Exactly. You know,
0: Keith, what I like about this, these verses 11 through 13, is the assumption of it. So he doesn't know these, because he's not been to Rome, he's not seen these people, these believers, he's not related or fellowshipped with them, but he's under the assumption that if they really are believers, there's a harvest to be gained. I don't even know these guys, I don't even know where they're meeting, but I know that if they really are believers in Jesus Christ, me being with them is going to be a good thing. Right. Right. And that I'm going to have fellowship with them, I'm going to have kinship with them, we're going to be like brothers and sisters, and and, and the, also the assumption is that he, he's saying to himself, even though I'm a, an apostle, even though I saw Jesus on the road to Damascus, and I have this calling from God, and I know scripture, I still can gain... Even from somebody who, who doesn't know, who's just a n- brand new believer, right. I can gain and be blessed simply by being with them. And oh. this is a fantastic th- assumption, an essential assumption, going with what he said about, you know, hey, I, I, I rejoice in, in my identity as a slave of God, a servant of God. He also has the mentality of, I don't have everything figured out, right. and if I'm just around other Christians, it's going to bless my life. He doesn't have the assumption that he's a finished product Oh my gosh, do I need to remember that? (laughs) Because how many times do I I went to seminary? I've been ordained. I've been in the ministry for 30 years or whatever. Yeah. The, along with that is the ego of I've got nothing left to learn. Oh my gosh, get rid of that. See, uh,
1: and and you know, for seven years here, I was the children's pastor. That you just work with kids, and you realize how much you don't know. You know, when you got to teach kids, because they ask questions that you know blow your mind. Right. You know, um, one of my favorites was when a young man, and you know, they're starting to understand, and they're starting to ask the right questions, and they're getting it. Was when he asked, "Well, if God knew." Why they what that they were going to eat from the tree? Why do you put the tree in, them, in the garden? <laughs> right. And you're like, whoa, this kid's in third, fourth I wasn't grade. Ready for that. And I'm like, uh, wow, that's one and, of those you know, wiffle ball balls. Exactly, right? right? And so and so here he is, like saying, oh, you know, I'm I'm doing this to come to you to find out. About what you're doing and, and who's who in the zoo. Oh my, yeah, yeah, I right. love that expression. And you're, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool that he would take the time. And of course, if they know who Paul is, how exciting for them right. to hear the news that Paul is excited for them. Exactly. Because I mean, that's like you getting a letter from Billy Graham. I mean, right in the old, in the, right. in the day, back in the day, you, know, you get a letter saying, hey, I've heard about Dundee. This is a great ministry. I can't wait to right. get there.
0: The the you're talking about the to me you're talking about the power of being in community with with other believers, Uh, the the importance of gathering together the importance of church he's 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 in these verses really celebrating, the the dynamic that uh, that church uniquely brings that you can only have. When you're in community with other other believers, absolutely, uh, it is is constantly surprising to you. There are people. There are plenty of people who believe in God. They're well intentioned. They never go to church, and they tell themselves, "Well, churches, you know, it's a bunch of hypocrites there." And you know, I don't like the politics. You're right. We are a bunch of hypocrites. It is a broken thing. It is not a perfect thing. But there is also something that is incredibly unique. When you share a pew with somebody, when you fellowship around donuts and coffee, when you sing the hymns together, when you confess your sins together, there is something that happens there together with other believers, wherever they are in the journey compared to you, there is something that that, that cannot be replicated and that you cannot produce on your own in in any other fashion. He knows that, And and, and, and he assumes that there's a blessing if he just gets together. Uh, with people of, of, of the faith, and he knows that. Now, I want to read these last two verses of this passage. This is 8 through 17. Uh, now, I'm going to just put you on the, the spot with this question, okay? All right. For why isn't Paul ashamed of the gospel? I'm going to read verse 16. You guys at home listening, read 16 with me. Why isn't Paul ashamed? He tells you this, but let's talk about it. Why isn't he not ashamed of the gospel? He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel it is the power of god for salvation to everyone who is who has faith to the jew first and also to the greek what do you hear him say there about why he's not ashamed well, you know plain and simple it's
1: the power to uh, to salvation it's the power of salvation and what and could be
0: more important than that right, right i mean he's right. he's not ashamed because he right i mean it is the power of God. I'm not there ashamed it is. of it because this is, this is God's power happening right. in the world. How many of us are somewhat ashamed of carrying the moniker of Christian? Somewhat ashamed of the gospel? Somewhat ashamed to answer and to stand up to, to questions about the gospel? Right. And yet Paul's like, you know, it is, it is simply the power of God. Being shown in its best form, saving saving people, saving uh, them from themselves. Uh, if from... It, there if if there's anything in the world that of which we should not be ashamed, it is the gospel of Jesus Christ, because it is it is the most remarkable. He's saying this is the most remarkable. Uh, ex- uh example of God's power in, the, in in the world today.
1: So wanting to bring people into it, I want you to be thinking, are, am I ashamed of the gospel because I got to admit, m- me Keith Holmes, I'm ashamed of the gospel sometimes. I think I don't want in- to be, be pushy. I don't want to be I don't want to be pushy, I don't want to be overbearing. It's a very pluralistic society we're living in now and and you know, it's like there is no you know, so many people there is no absolute truth and that and you know, that's a fit- a great saying, or a, a saying that is greatly used right now, I should say, and, and you know, the fact of the matter is, yes, there is. Right. There is an absolute truth, and there's God's truth. Right. He, he tells us this constantly, and and we don't want to, and again, I think we get right back to, but I want to be God. Right. So I'll tell you if there's truth or right. not, and my truth is, no, there isn't. And you know,
0: you saying that's interesting, because I, I wonder, it makes me wonder, of what I'm not ashamed you know, like, uh, right. so it's like, I'm not ashamed to talk about how great my kids are or right. how proud I That am was my, my
1: first thought, in right? my marriage, so yeah. Like,
0: like uh, I mean, what, in other words, in a funny way, what are you not ashamed or not afraid to bore people with? Well, right. I'm, I, you know, I'm, if, if given the least window, I'm going to go on and on about how great my kids are. Okay, right. am I that way with the gospel? And Paul is basically saying, that is what I am like, when I, about the gospel, the story of Jesus Christ coming into our world and dying for our sins, I, I'm not, he's saying, I'm not ashamed of that, and you right. make up a, a, you make a good point about it, well, I'm more, I'm more respectful and cautious uh, bec- about how insecure people are going, and certainly you can beat people up with the oh, with, yeah. with the message oh, of yeah. Christ, but you don't have to. I mean, uh, you, you don't have to. You, you can represent the fact that this really is the most important thing in the world without, you know, without hurting people. With right. It, you know what I'm saying?
1: Exactly. Because I mean, to me, you know, it's like, oh, well, I don't want, I don't want to offend them. Right. You know, I once heard the gospel is offensive enough. Don't add to it. Right. You know. So how am I adding to it if I, you know, if I'm beating people over the head with it? Is that offensive? But I think. You know, Paul looked at what he did, and and he never thought he was beating people over the head with it. Right. You know, he... But that's what he talked about. That's what he wanted to talk about. You know, for me, of course, first and foremost, it's my kids, my marriage, like you, right? And and, and then it's scuba diving. I will bore people to death (laughs) about. But then I think, and that's exactly what I think. It's like, why can't I bore people to death with what a great Savior I've got? I'm living a life that has its ups and downs. But even in the most down times. I'm okay because Christ is with me
0: right you know? am, 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 do I bring that same kind of energy right uh, uh, to to the gospel look at verse 17 everybody will you please for it, we're closing with this for in it the righteousness for in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. As it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. Here's the identity for Paul, to live by faith. He's not ashamed of this. It makes complete sense that God uh, deserves our best faith, that God requires this faith, and that it's, it's completely reasonable for God to require after everything that God has given for us, it is completely reasonable for God to require of us simply to believe. What does it mean that the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel? It means that that in the gospel in the story of Jesus Christ his life his death his resurrection the very best of God is revealed isn't think about that when you read about Jesus Christ when you read about what Christ has done and what Christ has taught and what 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 Christ is what you are reading is the very best of God. Now, you can tell your story, whatever it is, and you're like, here's, the, here's where in my story, in my history, I was being my best. This is the best thing that I ever wrote or did or said or the best thing that I ever accomplished. What Paul is saying here is that when you're reading about Jesus Christ, you're reading about the very best of God. Think about that. It ain't the Grand Canyon. It's not the stars in the sky, although those things are fantastic things Mm -hmm. of God. The best things of God are Jesus Christ coming into the world. Now that... Ought to make you think for a minute. It ought, you ought to make you, you. ought to
1: make you run out and tell anyone you can. Thank you for Jesus, letting me do the sermon. Well, there, oh Keith. no, it was wonderful. I mean, I'm inspired. I'm ready to wrap this thing up and get out there and tell people about Jesus. And and that is what we should feel like. Right. We should feel like there is no reason why I should keep this bottled up. I don't think there's any reason why you shouldn't know that Jesus died for your sins. Yeah. I mean, yeah you're a sinner. Everybody knows it in their heart of hearts. We all know it. Right. We just fight it. Right. And and then to have, yeah, I love how you say it. It's the, best of God right. right there
0: I went to Zion National Park in May my mm. wife and I did if you yeah. haven't been to Zion National Park in Utah go it's, yeah it, I, I was like okay this is fantastic I walked around I was like this is the most beautiful place I've ever been in my 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 life I've been to a lot of places that are fantastic this is the most beautiful place in the world I came home and I told everybody you got to go to Zion you, I'm doing it right now you got to go to Zion it's just unbe- uh, unbelievable Zion National Park what Paul is saying is that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the story of his life, is better than that. Yeah. It's better, it's more beautiful than Zion. You gotta or get to the, know
1: Jesus. You gotta go. Right. You gotta go and meet Jesus. You he, just
0: he's all he has heard the gospel, he's experienced the gospel, and he has seen it as the most perfect, most beautiful, most complete thing there is, the best thing that God has ever done. Take some time and think about what that must mean. Amen. You know? Do you, do you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I sit and I say, I, "Yeah, I what? What is it that? What is the best thing that God did? Well, He gave us Christ. Right. I mean, He created everything, right?" Uh, but he did that with love and and purpose and, and uh, you know again for me you know i can tell you right now he did it for community he he didn't yes. need community he did it because he loves community right. he loves to be in fellowship right and so why wouldn't he create us to do that right. and then we went ahead and broke that community broke that relationship and and so you know now he's offered us a way back into it. Right. And it's the best thing ever. I, just, I, I love what you're saying. There. It's
0: God at God's best. Amen. It's God at God, that's Jesus Christ. God at God's best. So you've listened to the podcast. now read Romans chapter 1 through 17. Absolutely. And then when you're done, read it again. <laughs> and then when you're done, read it again, thinking about some of the stuff that we talked about. Amen, it's going to bless your life. Well, that was fun. That was. That was cool. Was that fun? That was fun. Well, then, if it
1: was... You you were on a roll, man. I I love it. I I love it when you get on a roll. I'll
0: I'll shut up more next week. Uh, Next week, more on the Book of Romans. It's going to be great. We love having you with us. We'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook
1: at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha
0: or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at megansoldoffice at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.